Okay, keep going. You buy this in Facebook so we can be together forever and ever in eternity. Sure to me now. Hello and welcome back to What You Talking, a Kim's Convenience podcast. And today we're going to talk about resting place. And joining me, of course, is Ruby. Hello. And our special guest today, coming back from season one, is Hazel. Hi, everybody. How are you doing, Hazel? I'm great. Nice to be back. (laughs) Now, if you remember from season one, Hazel is Janet in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Art student who pretty much, well, I guess she went through a lot of the same experiences. And you got a cool, I guess, not really a project, but something, a cool event coming up. Is that right? Yes. So um, one of my professors from York University named Hong Cal, she's actually the professor I mentioned in season one. um, That's right. That uh, actually had a Kim's Convenience lecture Um, when I was still attending school. Um, We were trying to have a guest lecturer to come out um, from the cast, but that didn't end up happening because the cast went on tour for Kim's Convenience Season 2. Right. So, um, uh, thankfully, we were able to land one of the cast members to talk this year. And... Her name is Jean Yoon. Yay! Wow. So we got a heavy uh, hitter. We have Emma <laughs> coming to York University on, well, hopefully we'll be able to see her um, talk to the school and basically um, go over her experiences on the show as well as um, in the industry. And mm-hmm. I get to introduce her to the whole school. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So that's going to be really, really amazing. I'm quite Mm -hmm. honored. Um, The reason why I was asked to introduce her was because my professor remembered that I was a big Kim's Convenience fan. (laughs) Um, And I also did my last essay for her class on Kim's Convenience and representation. So she thought of me and called me up a few days ago and asked if I was willing to write an introduction and write a few questions. Mm-hmm. So hopefully um, everything goes well. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will. I mean, obviously you're a big fan of the show and uh, well, I'm kind of curious, what kind of questions are you going to throw out there? Maybe just give us a taste. What's one of the questions? Um, well, mostly for my um, benefit, I just wanted to know if they will ever actually do a holiday special. Because oh. <laughs> I've been saying since season one that Kim's Convenience, if they ever get green lit for like a longer season, mm-hmm. that they should do holiday related mm-hmm. episodes. Like oh, absolutely. Thanksgiving, yeah. Halloween. Christmas is mostly my favorite one. Right, right, right. (laughs) I'd like to see, yeah, especially like the religious holidays, especially since the family is so religious, particularly Mm Amma, right? Uh, So like your Easter's, your Good Friday's, just to see, I don't know, maybe she's superstitious about something, but uh, (laughs) that'd be interesting if they ever cover that. Mostly I've always really just wanted to see what Christmas with the Kims would be like. 
<laughs> I just I just think that would be a funny way to involve all of the cast, especially. Um, yeah. I think especially like, you know, like work related Christmas parties, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. church Christmas benefits. Right. Uh, probably, you know, some really special guests coming into the Kim's convenience store. You never know. It's it's just <laughs> it's just perfect, right? It's available you might have like music. You'd never know, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah for sure. makes sense. I hope that the writers do explore that, even though, even if it stays like the same 13 episodes per season, um, it would be interesting that they do explore that because they're going to run out of summertime uh, episode ideas eventually. I mean, even covering just the first snowfall would mm-hmm. be interesting for them to cover. Like, you know, Appa using finally those 100 bags of salt that he has exactly. in the back. <laughs> <laughs> So why don't we dive into the episode? Uh, so, of course, we cover the intro, and uh, I broke this down to three parts. The first part I called Win-Win, Lose-Lose. Uh, <laughs> second part, Short Guy's Secret Weapon. And, okay. of course, Masaji Kige, which <laughs> uh, is sort of its own thing. But, uh, yeah, so the intro, of course, we got up on Mr. Meta. They're talking about this uh, window washer and uh, the whole, I guess, thing about tipping. Um so, of course, Appa has his whole own belief, you know, he should charge more if he wants to be tipped. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm going to throw this out to you guys. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Appa should have tipped that window washer? Especially given that he's been trying, especially with that ball pivot or whatever he added to his squeegee. <laughs> um, well, I've, I found it pretty funny that they mentioned uh, tipping culture, especially considering that um, both Mr. Meta and Appa gave in their two cents on tipping. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I know, I know like a huge thing in Asia is that there's no tipping culture whatsoever. Exactly. Yes. So um, I do, I do see up as point, like why doesn't he just charge more? It's like, he did a great service. Like that's what I pay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Mr. Meta, like considering like, you know, where he came from and how he runs his business. Like I could see on a standpoint, him as a business owner, just mentioning that. I mean, I'm pretty torn. Um, I think especially now, since I've, I was a student, um, mm-hmm. that tipping is normally, you know, the, the normal thing to do when you go to a restaurant or go to a bar or something like okay. that, that's just run of the mill. Um, right. however, when I was, a, you know, like a high school student, that wasn't really a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, cause you're, you're kids anyway. Exactly. So it's like, like we, yeah. we, we don't, we don't expect to pay more for right. something that should be normal. So I, I get like the whole, like, difference between it whether or not i'm against it i mean Mm -hmm. i think you know like there should be a livable wage Um, (laughs) yeah yeah. i definitely i definitely agree i think uh as you pointed out in asia in a lot of countries they don't tip I, i was surprised the very first time i went to asia i actually went to 
I think my first country was Japan. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we had went to a restaurant with my family and we went to pay the whole thing. And of course, you know, we're on vacation mode. So of course, we're going to tip because of, of the culture here. So we're used to that. But of course, we're on vacation mode. So we tipped even more. So they, the, they came right back to us and they're like, no, 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 we can't take this. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the exact, you take everything else. And we didn't understand what was going on. So we found out later uh, from the hotel people, it's like, yeah, generally in in here, you don't have to tip anymore. People won't take it because the service should, I guess, the expectation is the service is always the best that it can be or whatever. Yeah. It's not expected to be tipped. Mm-hmm. That is definitely part of uh, Japan's culture that tipping is not required because they are expected to provide in a service industry, in any service industry, they're expected to provide that, even if it's a tourism um, area. So that's why you don't need to tip at restaurants, you don't need to tip in hotels. But I don't know if the same holds true for Korea because I've never traveled there, mm-hmm. but I have been to Hong Kong and you definitely should be tipping when you go to Hong Kong. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't people, remember tipping there. People aren't as nice if well, you yeah, don't. I, think, I don't think people are nice either way. Well, yes. When I was in Hong Kong, they were just mean or they were just really mean? Yeah, exactly. They're really mean if you don't tip. Um, Just like some restaurants in Canada that are are open by like Hong Kong people. There's Mm -hmm. a seafood restaurant that was really well known in Scarborough. And I've been told if you don't tip, the servers will run after you and tell you that you owe them money. Oh, Oh, yeah. uh... So, yeah. (laughs) It's just different cultures, I guess, and different expectations. And to be honest, I mean, servers in Canada, their minimum wage is a lot lower than yeah. than regular minimum wage because they are expected to have the extra tip as income. Mm-hmm. And for like Western restaurants, a lot of them, the servers actually have to tip out at the end of the night. Yeah. Meaning if their bill, like if their total bill was $1,000, they're expected to tip out 1% for the chefs and the hosts and whatnot. So that gets deducted out of them. So if they don't get tips from customers, they're paying out of their own pockets for this. Yeah. And that that's Canadian culture, or at least in Toronto. I know this for a fact. I've yeah. been a server at many places. Um, when it comes to something like a window washer, I can understand um, like that guy, why he wanted to be tipped because he's charging up a, obviously a neighborhood friendly fee. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he doesn't do taxes for it. <laughs> but of course he's... How do you know he doesn't do his taxes? Uh, Appa pays him in cash. And is he really going to claim a business or, you know, business know. expense out of that? <laughs> if he could be honest about the whole thing, he might like paying taxes. That That's fair. Okay. Um, but when it comes to getting tipped, I'm sure he's hoping to make a little bit extra. And he, that's why he kind of told up, oh yeah, I even like change it, change this so that, you know, it gives, mm-hmm. it gets into all those mm-hmm. little corners and gets all the little bits out. And that's why he was like hesitating when Appa didn't give him anything extra, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I can definitely appreciate his entrepreneurship of trying to improve his product <laughs> in order to, uh, I guess, show a better service to his customers. Now, the one thing that Mr. Meta told him, uh, told Appa, is that you know he's paying his staff an unlivable <laughs> wage, and somehow they survive. But do you think <laughs> that he mentioned that to convince Appa or to appeal to Appa to 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 tip the window washer? Mm. I think so. Yeah. I, I, that's a good question. 
<laughs> yeah, the reason why I bring this up is uh, so I, what I've been doing during the summer when I was on the I guess the break of uh, of um, of the podcast mm-hmm. was I was starting to make memes of all the characters, and when I finally got to Mister Meta, mm-hmm. uh, the first meme I thought about was obviously <laughs> the tipping. I was like, I pay my my people an unlivable wage, and they survive somehow. And the first person to get back to me was Sujit. Uh, he he like tweets me he's like well that was said in context of you know Appa not tipping the guys so he could have been convincing it I'm like you know I never thought about that mm-hmm. I, right yeah but what did you think he was trying to do I, I just thought that it was just something that you know he's trying to relate with Appa because number one they come from kind of an old world of thinking overall like they oh. tend to relate on a lot of issues together you know they they tend to agree with each other, right? Especially in terms of relationships with people. And I can't say for business acumen, but I imagine <laughs> that that they're probably somewhere on the same level. So that's that. But after he mentioned that, I, it got me thinking again, like maybe it's possible that mm-hmm. you know, he was trying to just convince Appa just saying that maybe he actually does pay his people really well he's just telling up uh, whatever to say you know you might as well just tip him i think he was trying to convince him i never i never saw it the other way hmm. yeah that's <laughs> i don't i don't know if i saw it that way either and i've rewatched that episode like a few times just trying to trying to figure out that intro I was like is he uh i don't know it just kind of seems like that's like that's a good Point. That is something that should be on the DVD. Like, <laughs> like maybe he was trying to convince him. You never know. Like, I would love to get the writers in a room and really kind of pick them at certain questions like these. It's kind of like, what, what did you mean when you said this? Or even just like sitting down with Sujit at some point and be mm-hmm. like, okay, what was your interpretation of this? How would you, as your character sitting there, have actually... What did he mean when, or at least how did you feel that, what it meant when you were actually going through that script? Mm -hmm. But, um, okay, so let's jump right back to the episode. So uh, the first part I called win-win-lose-lose. So this is more having to do with, of course, everybody's favorite, well, the resting place. So, of course, it starts at Mr. Ko's funeral, which is a character we don't really know. So, Amanapa are just there, and they walk up to Pastor Nina. And the one part I found really weird is that Amma was so insistent to show off her resting place. Like, who is... Who, who, <laughs> who does be? that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, hey, you want to come check out where I'm going to be buried later? Yeah, come, 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 come. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. she was just so proud of it. She was very proud of that yeah, spot. She was proud about the spot, but it, 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 she, it seemed... Amma is usually the one eager. with tact, right? <laughs> I... She's usually the one who's, like, more on point for social, <laughs> social events like this. So she's not going to be something like it'd be it'd be more something like appa would be more immature about to, to do <laughs> i just think that's kind of like what asian moms do like they're over like zealous and just like oh yeah come 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 in come in come <laughs> Look, did you see what you know i just i just kind of feel like that's kind of the, the norm for most okay for most um but yeah no i i definitely think that was a really funny part of the intro for that 
see. Oh, I totally agree that uh, Asian moms are overzealous about that stuff, especially especially when it comes to their kids and how proud they are about their kids. Uh, like, for example, uh, on another podcast, uh, we were talking about how uh, parents, at least Korean parents, what they do to their kids, especially the first generation, the second generation, is that they'll call down their kids uh to show to the other parents some sort of skill that they have. For example, talent. Uh, yeah, uh, talent. So uh, then it's like, oh, you can play the piano. Why don't you play piano for the uncles and aunties? Why don't you, oh, you know martial arts? Why don't you show off a pattern or a kata or something to them so they know? It's like, oh, you have a very good sidekick. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I know that a little too well. <laughs> Come now, show auntie how you sing. My heart will go on. <laughs> wow that's, that's awesome so did so your parents make you or did they make you sing a lot as a kid i mean like it was more my aunts and uncles than my parents because for some reason my parents were on the whole other side of like no i don't want to showcase my kids oh, okay. talent so right. i got that more from my aunts and uncles like bragging like oh yeah did you see my niece she's so nice right Sing, sing for Uncle. Sing for Uncle. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I I could totally imagine one of my family members doing the same thing that Amma did with Pastor Nina. Yeah. When they finally get to the plaques, uh, of course we see Kim Sangil, which is Appa's real name, Sangil, and uh, Lois Johnson, who we have no <laughs> idea who this person is. And it's funny that Pastor Nina kind of like, oh, I didn't know you had an English name. Or is that your English name? <laughs> Which is funny because like when they generally, I guess with all my Korean aunts and uncles and my Chinese aunts and uncles, they all have English names as well. So I don't think twice about them having English names or Chinese names or Korean names or stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting that uh, Amma and Appa don't have english names as well yeah well generally it's like first generations or like the parents that come they don't necessarily change their names right no but they may have uh so when they register for like citizenship or something or not citizenship when they land uh they may give Choose a, a name. name yeah, yeah. a lot time. of them don't actually okay yeah mm -hmm. from like this is from the whole Hong Kong migration because they had to run away from China situation and most of those people didn't choose like a name they might use an English name eventually once they're here because mm -hmm. it's just easier telling somebody your English name versus telling them something that's more cultural and people can't pronounce it half the time true, true. <laughs> I, I could see that point yeah yeah and it's interesting that the the gravestone is written as Kim Sang-il which is more the Asian way of doing it where you yeah. do like the last name first <laughs> and of course we know from business award that um that mrs kim's name is young me mm -hmm. wait did i write yeah i said that right uh, i swear i'm gonna have koreans like yelling at me at some point <laughs> my pronunciation but uh yeah so uh, the funny thing that i thought about or reflected on after all that is that a lot of second generation friends that i know have um, their middle names as their, I guess, Asian names. their Asian names. Yeah. Like, for example, my middle name is my Chinese name. And, uh, well, I, it can be translated to Korean <laughs> as well. But oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just, I was looking at you, Ruby, but then I was like, wait, did, did you have a, is your Chinese name anywhere in your name? Not anymore. I took it off. <laughs> 
I legally took it off. Yep, I legally have it removed and it's not even on my birth certificate. Oh. I was one of those unlucky kids that were my my Asian name. Mm-hmm. If you put it, because you know how they always have like two characters. So there's, it's two, two words, so to speak. So there's a space or there's a dash. That's usually how it's linked together. Mm-hmm. So if you remove the space from my name, it actually spelt an English word that wasn't very flattering. Oh. So <laughs> I took that off. <laughs> Getting down to it, was Appa justified in selling Emma's plot? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, just to recap, part of the reason why he sold the plot was because in the summer of 1997, Jung got a heat rash and the cooler broke down and then eventually Janet was born, then the roof leaked and he fixed it and then he fell through the roof through two stories so yeah, i think he said he broke his back before um, i cut cut him off so yeah something like yeah. that because obviously <laughs> she's pretty pissed that his <laughs> is still there but hers is gone mm-hmm. so do you think he was justified in selling his plot or almost um, plot not his plot <laughs> i mean he did start off with saying he tried to sell both and that that's yeah. true hers yes. hers was bought instead of his mm-hmm. i mean i don't I don't know why you would just buy one besides <laughs> somebody that you don't know, but maybe like at the time there wasn't that many plots available. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Especially if you think back uh, to, I guess, real estate or just land in general mm-hmm. 30, 30 years or 40 years ago, um, the land was probably cheaper and more abundant back then. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and definitely. as we know, Lois at that time didn't have somebody that she she wanted to be buried beside because she didn't meet her soulmate yet. Which <laughs> is a point I'm going to get to later, which I found weird about this episode. But yeah, uh, okay. yeah we'll, 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 we'll come <laughs> circle back to that. But uh, Appa's reasoning for, I guess, uh, not telling Emma kind of made sense to me when he said, also, I'm thinking if you die first, you not know, so we don't have big fight. And if you die first, well, then I's dead and we're too sad to have, uh, too sad for a big fight. So <laughs> It's more so he's dead. She can't fight him anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's so sounded. He, he, he had clearly thought about yeah. this as it happened or like before it happened i'm pretty sure he thought about as soon as only her plot sold Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was probably sweating (laughs) i mean he could have obviously done the thing we're just put putting her name instead of his name or just replace the name at that point yeah but Mm. then you have to spend the money to replace and knowing Emma, she'll know that that wasn't her plot (laughs) so funny thing with these things okay just for the sake of the podcast because i wouldn't look this stuff up uh uh normally is that i looked up okay how much are these plots how much are these, these kind of services like <laughs> like like funerals can get super freaking expensive yeah. like, like i was looking at plots so <laughs> if i'm looking at like gta a plot a single plot could easily be over fifteen thousand yeah. dollars now if it yeah. yeah and we're talking about today right that, yeah today. today and that's yeah, yeah. and in toronto it could be over 22000 easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, him trying to sell that plot, say, in the 90s or something, probably over 10 for sure. Yeah. Um, but now, yeah, them trying to sell that plot to Lois at that point, I can imagine <laughs> they would have made a big chunk of change. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, she also said, hey, I'm going to cover you. Uh, sorry. 
generously. I forgot mm-hmm. the word now, but yeah. she's going to... I can compensate you generously? Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. Yeah. Funerals aren't cheap, man. No. Like, even really? back when I was in school, I took death and dying as a course, <laughs> and we talked about funeral costs. <laughs> even then, they said like a cheap... Not cheap, but like an average... Um, funeral like doing the minimal bare minimal is going to cost twenty thousand dollars yeah definitely so yeah i mean buying a plot of land oh yeah for sure (laughs) i mean the fact that they even bought it that earlier on like goes to show you that they were actually thinking in terms of long term (laughs) Mm -hmm, for sure just to like now i'm just kind of wondering i'm like did Lois have like a really intense like insurance policy, like just financial <laughs> financial services and thoughts and ideas about funerals? It's just like a lot of that mm-hmm. goes in, right? Yeah. So the fact, like, I mean, you're basically playing paying for a plot of land that you're not going to use for a really long time. Yeah. So I mean, it, whatever money that she was willing to give the Kims for their plot, that that must mean that she's pretty well off in terms of that. So jumping back to, uh, I guess, uh, the episode. So later on, I just found the whole discussion about how Appa was like, you know, you, you just throw me out the boat, plop. And uh, when he's talking to Janet. And the funny thing is when you see the customer walk in, and I guess this is a little bit nitpicky of me because when the customer walks in, the customer walks in really confused really quickly. Like mm-hmm. the customer had absorbed the the most of the conversation at that point and i guess when he did the second plop by then the customer's horrified and already runs out the runs out the door well i guess if you're walking into a store and there's three people and if you're a regular customer you know appa ama and janet yeah if they're all turned with their backs towards you and clearly screaming at each other <laughs> you might know that they're fighting as per usual <laughs> yeah that's a good point I think it would have been funny if they had uh, Gavin Williams who plays the serial <laughs> guy walk in because he's usually there for those really weird moments. Yes. <laughs> he would have been perfect. Uh, and I, I really love Jean's performance uh, for this particular scene because uh, when she closes it off, uh, she says, and you buy resting place back so we can be together forever and ever in eternal happiness. And she's like crying when she's saying that. It's just that line is so golden. And then after that, she's like, she runs out of there. And I swear she's pissed a, off. Yeah, pissed off. And she's, I swear she's a ninja because the way she threw that cardboard <laughs> flap, yeah, it like flies up and right into that corner. It's like, yep. how many takes would that take to do something like that, right? Maybe it was just on a thread. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Even with the thread, it it, it takes a lot of pulling pull to over. manipulate it. Right. I think that no. I mean, when mm-hmm. she throws it, if they pull it from the other side and just makes it go flat in, mm. it's possible. I, I also think that was like probably I think Jean's like best scene as Amma. Like, well, <laughs> like I love like a lot of the season, but like just Jean's like mannerisms, especially mm-hmm. and like her talk, her walk, and her yelling at Appa. Like, it's, <laughs> I feel like that would be like something I could see. Um, an Ajima do, yes. Like, like it's so great, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Jean has, well, I, I, as a, as you said, like Jean's really solid throughout the whole, uh, whole of season two, season one. But mm-hmm. I feel like really the central part of like season two was 
where I felt that she was strongest, like in Business Award, mm -hmm. Resting Place, and uh, the other one escapes me right now. But like my absolute favorite Gene episodes, especially this one for this moment, just sold me. It was just like, she better get a CSA for this. Like, mm -hmm. this is awesome. She plays like a whole range throughout like these few episodes that you mentioned. Like she gets the anger, she gets the happiness, mm -hmm. she gets the sadness. She has like a very typical or a few very typical Ajima moments. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I mean, I know Paul, like Paul and Andrew, they're super good. And I think they deserve all the awards that they get. But <laughs> I really think for season three, Amma Jean really needs to win something because yeah. she's really bringing it every season. So, uh, yeah, so then the Kims, they eventually make it to the nursing home. And I find it funny that Lois and Arthur thought they were nurses because of their shoes. <laughs> it's like... It's like these Asian people all of a sudden came to talk to me. They have comfy <laughs> shoes. They must be nurses here. <laughs> well, I can imagine that they'd wear the similar shoes because they both had to Stand be on their feet. Day, yeah. Um, but, yeah, thinking back to, like... Uh, family members or any kind of ajushis, ajumas that I've known that worked in stores, they don't usually have like fancy shoes. They usually have like just, they'll Slippers. have running shoes, oh. simple running shoes, but not like those really hyper comfortable, you go to like those nice stores to buy those special shoes to stand all day shoes. So what I'm confused about is the whole plot sale. Uh, like, did Appa sell to Lois directly, or did he somehow sell it back to the cemetery? Because why wouldn't Lois kind of recognize Appa when he's coming to, I guess, buy back or sell the, the plot? Because they obviously had to deal with each other at some point. I thought the same thing, actually. Because mm -hmm. they didn't seem to know each other. But if you think about it, like how would he have sold it to her directly? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, would he have, I don't know, put an ad on Kijiji and well, the wouldn't plot be Kijiji, of land? It'd just be a newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the Korea Times and she just happened to pick it up. So I think like the cemetery probably facilitates these, these mm -hmm. kind of things. It's like, okay, I want to sell back my plot and this is how much I want to sell. Like, is there anyone interested? And, you know, people will go to the cemetery asking for things and, or she was on a wait list maybe for a spot. And then they, they put them in contact with each other in the sense that, okay, this person's offering their plot for this much. You're looking to buy. Are you okay with it? Mm. And then they take a commission or something out of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that's how it does go. Um, mostly okay. to buy plots, you would have to contact the cemetery personally and just be like, hey, yeah, I was wondering if we could return it or some sort of way. Um, normally, mm. they give you a contract to sign and if you normally want to pull out that's usually how things would go uh, most cemeteries mm -hmm. do have wait lists oh. so that could possibly be where Lois um, got, got the plot yeah. <laughs> yeah so when they're they're negotiating there because obviously she's uh, she's offered to uh, compensate to, them. to compensate them uh, uh, it made me think who is the better business person because again it, it kind of goes back to business award where Amma wins the business award Appa feels that uh, he should have won the award but of course Appa was quick to stop Amma to talk about okay wait hold on how much <laughs> <laughs> because well, yeah because you would have to kind of have a good understanding about how much these things are and what you would kind of do with that cash or kind of was Appa just doing all that to 
to, for the sake of having extra pocket money to buy a bigger new TV. <laughs> I think he was he was just thinking, oh, you're going to compensate us generously? How generously? It wasn't so much like, you know, being having a good business sense. And also, he's not emotionally attached to this plot of land, whereas mm-hmm. Amma in this case was, right? It's her yeah. resting place. Right. <laughs> so it's more important to her than money. Right. I just think that's the inner Asian in him, just like best deal, good deal. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. <laughs> so uh, the, they go back to discuss it a bit in the store, and uh, it seems that they haven't been on trips for quite a while. Mm-hmm. At least uh, when they mention, you know, maybe we'll take a vacation. It's like, you want to go vacation? No, I don't want to go vacation, but maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe we'll go to Italy. And then clearly, Emma's been thinking about that because she's got like a whole roadmap of what she wants to do yeah um like five days in venice coffee in what saint saint mark's square overnight in siena i don't even know where half these places are (laughs) (laughs) well and then it's not only that then drive on the coast in a convertible (laughs) (laughs) and and it's nice to see of course uh amma generally doesn't play a happy happy person but you see her get Our genuinely yeah. yeah you've genuinely seen her get excited about that she's like Chincha? which kind of means uh, kind of the equivalent of really in korean and of course and I, i'm butchering like for it. real too yeah because it yeah. sounds for like real <laughs> yeah i can picture i'm saying it. for real oh boy <laughs> <sighs> So yeah, they they head back to the to the retirement home, and of course Lois has passed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really wonder what Arthur had offered them because uh, yeah, I wonder. <laughs> yeah, because they they clearly like turned him down so fast. But I love 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 the reaction that uh, Jean again she does. She's like, yes, but so good. No. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, it's like wow classic class i can totally see my mom give a response like that it's like mm-hmm. yes thank you but no, but no. <laughs> and you get away with it with that response and tone <laughs> <laughs> and then like you know they just had the half smile and then okay let's get out of here <laughs> so it leaves up in the air what they do of course uh the they tell Janet eventually that they're going to be, I guess, great bunk buddies or something like that. Bunk bed style. Bunk bed style. I don't even know if that's like possible. That's actually that's actually a that's thing in some Asian yeah. countries. Oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about that part actually. Um, okay. In Philippines, um, cemeteries are like apartments almost. Mm. Uh, oh wow. You actually have uh, caskets on top of each other. Mm. Um, so, um, it's kind of like, um, like a cubby kind of, kind of, kind of like, um, cemented construct. And then you just kind of slide mm. the bodies in each one oh, and then okay. have I've their plaque before, on yeah. the side. Apparently mm. it's way more affordable than, um, putting your loved ones in the ground. But I, the way I saw it when, um, they were talking about it with Jan is that their caskets would probably be light on top of each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I know in different countries, especially like places like, like Hong Kong where space is limited. Yeah. There are a <laughs> lot of like alternate kind of solutions that people do kind of like you, 
you you rent a space for like five years or something and then your your ashes because they cremate you there they don't have the space to really mm-hmm. bury anybody unless i guess if you're super 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 rich or like you've bought plots long long time ago or you decide to do bunk bed style after yeah that, yeah. that is a thing <laughs> yeah so i mean every country i guess has their their alternate solutions but in canada we got lots of space i guess yeah. i guess eventually yeah, they're, gonna, they're gonna just move you all the way up way north if we run out of space into i guess the imaginary igloos and whatever that we have here <laughs> mm, boy so jumping into the next part we have short guy's secret weapon and this is talking about uh well, John getting flipped, that's that's the <laughs> best way to put it. Great. <laughs> so, so you have uh, Jung and Kimchi, they're working on the cars, and they talk about this this movie that they watched, Blood and Blood Bone. Blood and Bone, yeah. Yeah, so I was looking it up. Uh, it was starring this guy named Michael J. White, who he's actually, as far as I know, uh, he's been in a lot of movies and a lot of popular shows. Like, he, he was the, the lead in... Spawn movie way back in the big late nineties for sure. Wow. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was when superhero movies weren't really a thing yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. It was like before even the first Spider-Man movie. So I think he was like one of the first black leads for a superhero role. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than Wesley Snipes because he was in Blade. Right. But anyway, <laughs> so and more recently he's also been in the Arrow show. Um, as well as he had a small role in The Dark Knight, uh, the Christian Bale Batman movies. And uh, yeah, and then one of the funny lines that come out of this is uh, two at a time. I I have no idea what that was. (laughs) It's it's straight from the movie. It's, 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 I guess, uh, yeah, now I really have to watch this movie because Michael J. (laughs) White's actually pretty good to watch. He's like a very good accomplished martial artist who, who, like, Guys who I talk to martial arts movies about, he's they usually they will talk about Michael J. White. So well. I guess he beats up people two at a time. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. So unlike what is it, the Ip Man who beats nine at a time? Yeah, it's not quite the same thing. <laughs> And I think you're kind of setting up Ip Man 4, which I think is coming out sometime mm-hmm. this year, yeah, too. Soon, yeah. yeah. You know, like, just mentioning Blood and Bone and remembering um, ha- the episode Hapkido where um, Mr. Mm. Chin and Appa are having, like, the right. discussion or, like, what's the best martial arts movie? <laughs> <laughs> I-, I could imagine, like, Jung and kimchi even having that conversation with all conversation. of them <laughs> oh absolutely yeah for I, sure i think uh theirs will be a little more updated to more recent stuff oh, for sure. 90s uh, and after <laughs> but i'm totally on board with like what up and uh mr chin has said i think we we broke down each of the movies when we did that episode mm-hmm. and i was like i i have only not seen that last one that mr chin mentioned i think it was five deadly venom because when appa said five deadly venom i was like five deadly venom that's a thing <laughs> it's probably I, just poor translation no 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 no. it's like you can look it up on wiki like it's oh, there. oh it's like the, it's, yeah so i was looking it up and I, I read the whole plot i'm like this is totally a 70s 80s like martial mm. arts plot that is uh, i i get why you did it but it's it's kind of dry for me now especially when you see like super uh 
kind of movies that play it historically, but still interesting. Like Ip Man. The first Ip Man was really fun to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, second one, third one. Well, we don't talk about the third one because <laughs> Mike Tyson, but whatever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, of course, uh, you have uh, Jung and... Jung and Kimchi, they're wrestling as they did. And uh, Simu's talked about when he was wrestling Andrew in those scenes, he admitted that Andrew was kind of like a furnace. Like he was super hot during that time. <laughs> and I remember you were saying something about Andrew. Uh, yeah, so during one of the fan meetups, I remember we, we hugged them because we hug everybody. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to Mike after, he was really warm. <laughs> But I mean, like they get, they were standing there in the spotlight for, for God knows how many hours. So yeah. I can understand him being really warm, but I was just like, oh, and Mike was like, hey, maybe he really is warm all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can imagine that Simu and Andrew were filming that scene probably for a few hours or something. Mm -hmm. And they had to been gripping each other and like struggling with each other. Yeah. And I'm surprised that they didn't have like pit stains, like doing that. Oh, I guess they'd sure. have to change their shirts every so often. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> but I guess, I mean, like Andrew's a super nice guy in mm -hmm. like real life. If you follow him on Instagram or Twitter, he's always talking about his kids, always showing pictures about yeah. his kids, how much he loves yeah. his family. So sweet. So okay. maybe it's just that he's a positive person and his warmth is coming through everything. <laughs> so if you're a positive person, measure your temperature and let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just trying to backhand compliment yourself because you're always warm? <laughs> no, I'm always cold. No, you're not. <laughs> okay, I'm warmer than you. <laughs> And uh, the interesting, again, I, I guess I'm going to pick on just this particular scene because there's a lot of background stuff I can mm -hmm. talk about here. Sure. Uh, with Simu, um, he has a lot of background work doing stunt work mm -hmm. particularly yeah. and has worked on like a lot of projects. So, like, for example, we were watching on uh, Amazon Netflix. Prime oh, the Amazon other time Prime, right. uh, and we saw him in Heroes Reborn, which is the second series after the original Heroes show, which is mm -hmm. about people discovering their superpowers and whatever. Mm -hmm. And there was this one scene where there's this girl with the katana in this, I guess, this uh, corporate building in Japan. Mm -hmm. And you see these guys kind of get flipped over and stuff. And then one guy, as he's rolling to get up, you see it's Simu. Yep. And he's there kind of half bloodied, ready to go and fight again. And we're like, ah, it's Simu! <laughs> ah, wait, that's the guy from Hapkido, the big guy! Yes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, some background on Simu. Like we knew one of our friends, his mm -hmm. name's Nick, and we worked with him and we know him as a super hard worker. He's a super cool guy. Yeah. And he said that uh, I think probably about a couple months after knowing him and he knew that we were Kim's fans is that he worked with Simu on a, on a, a short before, uh, particularly this one called Raiders Origins, which is sort of a a take on the Tomb Raider series, mm. I guess the origin of L Lara Croft. Nice. And um, he was saying that in between the shoots of that short, that they were kind of doing a, another short in between that, like him and Simu were kind of short, uh, shooting some sort of fight scenes together. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as I said, Nick is a super hard worker and he was saying, yeah, Simu is a really hard worker and, mm -hmm. and he's, 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 you know, having to work with them. 
yeah. having worked with him before, uh, he's like super glad to have that opportunity and praises him for his hard work and everything. So we can guarantee that if Nick is saying that Subu is <laughs> a hard worker, that that Subu is the real deal mm-hmm. in that regard. Uh Another funny thing is that Terrence, uh, of course, he's in the background. He's taking a video of all this that's going on. And I don't know how the hell he called his mom during all this because all of a sudden he's like, oh, wait, hold on. I'm calling my mom. No, because he said, he's like, here, let me show you the video. But I guess he pressed the wrong button and he he called his mom instead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, of course, he he plays. I I don't know what he was. So he calls his mom. He's like, wait, mom, I'm, I'm. I'm at work. I'll call you back later or whatever. Yeah. So he plays that off. Now, this is a more kind of serious thing. Now, in real life, Michael Musi, who plays Terrence, is sort of a spokesperson at pancreatic cancer because mm-hmm. he tries to raise money for research. And for three years, he's been doing this fundraiser where he basically hosts this uh, lip sync battle mm-hmm. type thing in Montreal uh, to raise money. And one of the reasons why he does this is really personal because his mom, she passed away from pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. So since then, he's kind of dedicated himself to raise money in different ways. And this yeah. is one of the big ways that he's done it. So, uh, yeah, when, when I felt a little bit sad when he had that line. I don't know why, just because <laughs> oh. knowing the background now. Yeah. It's like, hi, mom, I got to go. I'm at work. Yeah. So I can I can imagine, of course, this is his job that, that you know, right. he's got to do these lines. But mm-hmm. of course, I felt a little bit sad for him, I guess, yeah. when he had to do that. Because it's like, like, oh, oh. mom. <laughs> oh. Okay. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I found that uh, season two for me was sort of a deconstructing of Jung because Mm -hmm. season one, of course, we're getting introduced to these characters and season two is overall trying to understand or get to know these characters more. So, yeah, I found season two, especially for Jung, was kind of breaking him down or kind of testing his limits on things. For example, in Houseguest, he comes to realize that he's got a bit of a knowledge gap, of course. he he's needs to be book smart. He's not book smart. (laughs) right mm-hmm. uh sneak attack uh when he has to get the freezer he realizes he's not quite ready to confront or meet up yeah he doesn't want to get into fights yeah and in utv when he, it shows that he's not fully 100 percent confident in himself of course he's trying to play the the wingman to kimchi in this case because kimchi's not comfortable himself but kimchi <laughs> kind of he really puts him down he's like oh yeah you know he gets the heavy d yeah, he sweats a lot. <laughs> yeah, oh. but those things he was still okay to handle. It was just when he said he had a weird fetish. It was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's kind of like, you know, at this point for his buddy, who he, I guess, they've done a lot for each other at this point. When you're like a good wingman, in my point of view, you, you just kind of go with the flow for anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you don't know how much worse is going to get <laughs> at that point. <laughs> it was really bad. It's not like a normal person Yeah, bad. but he could have just walked out. I guess. But Kimchi didn't want him to not be there because he's like, no, you're going to be there. So. <laughs> uh, so with this episode, it's like the first time that he's being kind of bested physically, mm-hmm. right? Because, mm-hmm. um, of course, Kimchi flips him on the ground. So he's kind of got a bruised ego. Yeah, 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 I'm fine. You know, it wasn't nothing. It wasn't anything. And, of course, he can't stand when everybody's looking at the dog eating a lemon video, (laughs) thinking that they're talking about him. Because they're all laughing at it, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, it kills him even further when he can't open the jar. Um, 
And then yep. later on, they, they just go on to do wrestling anyways, yeah. <laughs> even though they make up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's that. And one of the funny lines I found that came out of this was that uh, he says to Kimchi, you know, uh, well, not Kimchi, to, to the group, you know, clean up the counter and... Or, you know, this counter is a disgrace. I think that's what he said, actually. <laughs> or filthy or something. Yeah. And then, uh, and literally all they did was they pick it up, Kimchi picked up one pen, kind of looked at it and put it down somewhere. And like, <laughs> Terrence just kind of touches it with like a finger and just like, <laughs> Ken goes like, what? <laughs> it's like, there's nothing here. <laughs> the other thing was uh, when, uh, of course, when they're doing the whole jar thing, mm. uh, Kimchi's kind of giving him looks like, "What are you doing? Oh, you yeah. can't open it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to say anything. It's just totally in his expressions." Yeah, because I think Kimchi knows he was a bit annoyed, and I think Kimchi was a bit annoyed that he's he's taking everything so personally, mm-hmm. and he was like, I guess, overreacting. So I think he was just purposely poking his buttons. <laughs> so uh, of course, uh, Shannon's the one who. Uh, there to clear everything up even though she really had to pee uh, <laughs> I, I mean I, have you, you guys been in that kind of awkward situation where like you're kind of stuck somewhere and it's like okay uh, but I really gotta go or something not necessarily to pee but you're just stuck in an awkward situation yeah I definitely I just think that's like a lot of moments like with parents especially like <laughs> like you really have to go and they're just kind of like going on and on and all like <laughs> you know a few things that you're just kind of like I, I normally can handle this but i really really got to get back to what i was doing so yeah <laughs> if you don't mind <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah i feel like everybody needs like a safe word during that thing like there needs to be some sort of law of taking too long it's like listen you patch your five minutes <laughs> I gotta go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That usually happens to me when I'm leaving and people decide, oh, you're leaving. Let's chat. It's like, no, no, no. I'm <sighs> leaving because I got to catch the train. Right. It's like, yeah. if I miss this train, I have to wait an hour. <laughs> I hate that, especially when you're about to go on vacation and everybody, oh. everybody possible just decides, even though you've told them weeks in advance that you have <laughs> stuff to, you know, you're going on vacation to decide on that last day, not the week of or the week before that day that, hey, I got a bunch of questions for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yep. I like the fact that uh, the Jung Chi relationship doesn't need long and drawn out apologies. Like, if you compare <laughs> to a lot of like dramas, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I know I shouldn't have been a jerk about it. Let's never wrestle again or something like that. It's like, yeah, I know I was a jerk. Yeah, we're cool. Okay, let's wrestle. <laughs> And uh, it's funny that they're they're, they're just kind of stuck in that position, and Shen pops in and pops out. But uh, it's it's I think it was a great way to kind of end that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, lower center of gravity. I I'd probably say that uh, Kimchi would have threw him over. Yeah, no, no. lower mm-hmm. center of gravity is number one. I I learned that from the school of hard knocks through doing martial arts. I got picked on by a lot of all different sizes of people. Mm. The really tall people could really just kick me away without me getting close. You and can't then, even reach them. <laughs> and, and the people with lower center of gravities, they, they, they knew how to throw me around. So yeah, okay. yeah I learned that the hard way. And then I learned it in physics. It's like, Oh, that's why it works. <laughs> Science. <laughs> so stay in school, kids. <laughs> so we got Masaji Kige. Of course, 
now the first thing I want to say right off the gate is that I totally agree with Gerald about his Riverdale comment. Thank That's you. not my Archie either. <laughs> yeah, not mine either. That's not my Betty and Veronica, man. <laughs> I agree with it, but I also watch the show. So do I. <laughs> it is a good show. Just yeah. not my Archie, Veronica, I, Jughead. I'm not Betty. okay with emo Jughead. I, uh, I'm okay with eating burgers Jughead with his weird true. crown. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think I sat through at least a good portion of the first season and I said, what is this? What's going on? <laughs> this isn't like family friendly at all. No, it's very dark and creepy and weird. Do you, do you think that, uh, this, I, I didn't include this question initially, but do you think that Gerald actually likes the show? I think he's like us. Yeah. He's like, it's not our Jughead. It's not our Archie, but I want to watch another episode of this. <laughs> I mean, I totally agree with him. I mean, like the first episode when I was even introduced to Archie, I was just like, yeah, he doesn't have. No, why does he have abs? <laughs> isn't he supposed his to have, hair so fake isn't he supposed to have freckles like isn't he yeah. supposed to be approachable so like a huggable character like a nice friendly guy yeah. oh yeah I, i'm sure from the first episode uh, wasn't he sleeping with the teacher i'm sure he was yeah. a friendly guy yeah, there I was like what <laughs> i was like what is up? happening yeah so we probably spoiled, I should probably Sorry. add a spoiler alert for <laughs> Riverdale, but... Well, it's been out for a while and we're talking about season one. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> that's true. So uh, again, this is a large part of Misaji Kige is about testing boundaries with roommates. And uh, it's funny that the Misaji Kige euphemism kind of played out as long as it did. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Sure. Yes. What does Kige mean? Ooh. You know what? I didn't actually look that up. <laughs> I tried. I, to, I was thinking about that. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I, I think just overall, it's just kind of the massager. That's what it means. Oh. Of course, any Korean person, feel free to correct me on this. But as far as I understand, massage kige is just, you know, it's massage kige, the, the thing. That's the massage kige. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not so much an action or anything. It's just a device. <laughs> massage kige. I thought, uh, oh, that's interesting, because I thought it was, like, you know, for Chinese, how, like, la is kind of, like, added to a lot of words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. that's what I thought kige was. Oh, like, just kind of, like, a nonsensical word yeah. sound thing. That's huh. what I thought. It probably... It probably could be. Yeah, I, I, I'm waiting for somebody to prove me wrong. <laughs> you can ask your mom. Yeah, I, I was going to, but then I was like... Uh, what if it's not something nice? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know either. <laughs> I'm sure they wouldn't put that in the show. <laughs> well, they, and that's the funny thing. They play for so long, just kind of, kind of leading you on. Of course, um, at the first scene, she's kind of doing it in the background. Joe's like, "Oh, I'm gonna put on my headphones," and then the second part's like. But uh, hey, wait up for out. me. Wait up for me. I'm yeah. going to, I'll come to school with you. And then she's suddenly doing it in the room. It's Which like, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Though, like, yeah. why would you suddenly do it when you're like, hey, wait up for me? I'm, I'm just going to, oh, yeah. yeah, this is all God. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a little weird, that scene. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think at that point, it probably could have been resolved. They just wouldn't have had a real episode. But then again, Gerald's sort of a weird guy. Mm -hmm. So, would you call him weird, though? Awkward guy. Sorry. Especially awkward. Yes, yes, that's true. Okay. So he's 
something would have come out of that, I think, if they didn't keep the massage of Kige going on. But it also wouldn't have given that golden part when Appa and Amma are there. <laughs> Talking about and, uh, <laughs> you, you got to give credit to the writers for just yeah. writing it in such a way to with all their turmoil going on. And then <laughs> you, you re- they're basically writing it in the point of view of Gerald, right? Yeah. In such a way that it's so confusing but for him. But it made perfect sense, the conversation. It did. Yeah, no, it made sense in their point of view. Mm-hmm. And it made sense in his point of view right. of tr- getting it all mixed up. Right. right? That's and true. I think, I, I yeah, in that regard. If you didn't kick regard, me out of bed, I wouldn't have to. The, I wouldn't have to miss Kige. It's like, we don't have the time of Misaji Kige. Just grab the lube. It's like, whoa, I do it with my hand. Your hands, Your hands are, are cold. cold. <laughs> it's like, uh. You do in cut. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. it's like, whoa. So <laughs> that, that could be. I wonder what kids would interpret, like really young kids would interpret out of that. They would just read the Misaji Kige part. It's like those, those art pieces where like you know kids may see it as like a dinosaur or something and then parents are like that kind of looks like a a thing (laughs) that is true that is true and i I think that's the golden part in the writing just like those kind of forms of art it's just uh it's interpretive in that sense but Mm -hmm. um so yeah that leads me to a question have you ever been in a situation where you had to explain a culture gap to your friends when it was nothing (laughs) When it was nothing, but it was kind of made into something. Yeah. Um, for me, I I don't know if this happens in any other household, but uh, for more for most Filipino households, there's always like a rock or like a small Uh-oh. little bucket in the washroom, okay. and the rock's actually used to like scrub dead skin off yourself. <laughs> Oh, while okay. you're in the shower and then like the small bucket can be used for anything um mm-hmm. and then there's normally like a big basin or a big bucket that the, the little one goes into um mm-hmm. sometimes like we just tend to use that to like take baths or like do any other like hygienic things sometimes like mm-hmm. we even use it for laundry so um I've always had to explain why those two things are found in the washroom and like a tiny stool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, like, but, but that's, that's the only, only things I had to talk about culturally. (laughs) (laughs) I, I find that one of the main things, especially when I was growing up, I grew up around a lot of, um, European kids. So a lot of Italians, a lot of Greek people, uh, just because in, my grade school for whatever reason there were like no asians but a lot of european kids but high school is a different story grew up with a lot of chinese kids anyway so mm-hmm. one of the things that i had to explain a lot of times with food uh, i remember one of the first times i had one of the neighborhood kids come over my mom was cooking something with some sort of black bean sauce mm-hmm. with ribs or something mm-hmm. and I remember the kid could not understand for the life of him. And, and kids, you know, they always speak their mind, right? Yep. So the kid would go, oh, what's that smell? Aww. So I was kind of like, it smells good to me. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> of course, black bean, I guess, is, well, I don't know. It still smells good to me. So I don't know what the hell his problem was. So yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I had to explain to him that's my food. And, uh, yeah, I don't think we were friends after that again. But that's just me. Um <laughs> Yeah, the other thing, I I think it was uh, even between a cousin, a Chinese cousin of mine mm-hmm. who had stayed with us for, 
I think it was a couple weeks, and he, I guess he was used to having really good Chinese food at home. But the thing is, my mom has never, has always admitted that she's not a good cook. Every time she cooked something or had any guests over, no matter how young I was, she would always admit I'm not a good cook. Because she always said, you know, cooking's not my hobby. I don't really care about cooking, so Mm. I'll just cook to cook to, so then you can eat. And that cousin, uh, I guess... He, he, again, kids are very verbal. So he was yeah. like, oh, anti-cooking. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, no, this is, you know, That's Korean food. Nice. It's yeah. different. That's not nice. But yeah, yeah he, he's since grown up and... Uh, <laughs> Have forgotten about this embarrassing... Yeah, yeah he's, he's forgotten about this. I think he does remember. He's just not oh, saying. Oh, just purposely <laughs> pretends. Oh. Well, I remember um, when I was younger... Um, and my friends came over for lunch one day. I don't remember why. And I was like, yeah, so I have this dessert, but you guys are definitely not going to like it because it's black. And then they were like, whatever, <laughs> you know, it's dessert. You know, we like dessert. I'm like, trust me, if you guys see it, like I already knew that they weren't going to like it just by looking at it. I'm like, look, it looks pitch black. It's like a soupy thing. I'm like, it's made with sesame and there's just like a little bit of sugar. There's oh. not much to it. And then they were like, no, no, we'll like it. Don't worry. It's like, <laughs> you're worrying too much. But when I showed it to them, they were like, uh, no, it's okay. We won't have any. I'm like, see, I told you. And they're like, so what is that? I'm like, okay, you know, sesame seeds. And they're like, yeah. I'm like there is a type that are black. So this is toasted black sesame. And then what you do is you grind it through and then you kind of sift it and you filter it and you boil it down with some sugar. And oh God, that's all so it is. It's so good. Yeah. It's so so it's like that's all it is. Yes. Yeah. But I can completely understand why in a non-Asian point of view, you would think it's really creepy looking, this black bowl of like goopy thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, it was like one of those things growing up that, that I never understood like of course as a kid Mm. you want to eat things with a lot of color Mm -hmm. and i think i had this conversation with somebody on twitter that uh, they were saying um their kids preferred chapche which is a bowl of noodles it's like clear yeah clear Clear yeah Yeah, with like usually potato noodle usually with carrots and spinach and uh, maybe some little bits of meat in there versus mm-hmm. jajamyeon, which is again, a noodle dish, but with like a black bean sauce. So yeah. imagine a dark colored sauce on top of noodles. And they're like, yeah, they prefer chapche over jajamyeon. And I'm like, yeah, I can understand that. Cause kids, of course, they want to say things with color and generally things mm-hmm. that are black in terms of food are a lot less appetizing, at least until to look now, at. cause yeah. everything's charcoal. <laughs> <laughs> It's charcoal craze. <laughs> and back to the episode. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, it comes down to Gerald sharing this one line that killed me. I, I think this is <laughs> the line, be- Gerald's best line in season two, maybe best season Gerald one for line. me too. If we're going to massage Kige ourselves, we should wait until the other person isn't home. And <laughs> Janet's realization... Uh, to her reaction i felt was a little bit un- overdone because she was kind of like oh my god gerald and then she goes and pulls it out because the lat every time that she's used oh my god whoever she she's been like really pissed up at that person like appa or amma usually uh in this case she she kind of does like a half smile half kind of freaking out about it so i'm not sure if that was like 
what Andrea intended when she did it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I that- think that's a legitimate response because if she's she might be slightly embarrassed, mm-hmm. but she might be like slightly laughing at him because like, you're an idiot. Like, why <laughs> did you think it was that kind of thing? Because she would, to her, it's so normal. It's it's just a shoulder massager. Why, like, why would it be anything else? It's like, you're stupid kind of, <laughs> kind of mindset. Right. Then I can understand her like having that reaction with the smile on her face. Considering also that they're friends, you know, and they're really close. Yes. I, I do think that would be a normal reaction for yeah. Janet to have. So I got to ask you, Hazel, as uh, in real life, Janet, uh, would what kind of advice would you give for Janet overall? Kind of like just about life, life advice for Janet, because, of course, you're at the stage where you're you're you've graduated from mm. your school of arts and uh, Janet's still in school. What would real life Janet give to TV Janet? <laughs> Ooh, I'm enjoying this. Um Definitely get more massage kikes. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, it's kind of interesting though that she would be into massage kikes in general. Um, uh, the reason why I say that is mostly because, like, she's a photography major, so I didn't really expect her to talk a lot about shoulder pain. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, that's true. So my my assumption, like, I mean, I get it as a photographer. You're like you're holding your camera up a lot, Mm -hmm. and like holding equipment. Um, so I could get that aspect, but like, I never actually really seen much of like you know Janet's character really doing any like artistic thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's Um, true. So like, that's kind of been like something that I wish like was more included into the show hmm. um, for her character. Um, the other thing is like taking, taking breaks are really needed. Um, <laughs> I love how like even in season one, when she starts working at handy for a while that she mentions when she comes back to the store, like, yeah, I take coffee breaks now. I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I definitely related with her on that part. Um, yeah. Like taking breaks is definitely needed. Time management mm. seems to be the hugest thing that mm-hmm. I think anybody, including Janet and anybody that's in university or even like after university. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Time management in general is like a key thing to like just maintain it and balance. You really need, you really need to balance your social life, work life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anything that you really need to do. Um, and, like, I think that's something I've kind of seen lacking a bit. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I don't see Janet as, like, someone who's kind of really enjoying student life. Hmm. Um, huh. Okay. I mean, like, I, they do have board game night. <laughs> right, I, right, right. I mean, I get that, but I also kind of, like, want to see it was, like, what's Janet outside of, like, her home right. and Kim's convenience? Because I don't see her really hanging out with friends. Like, a, a, lot, of, yeah. a lot of people her age are normally going out to a pub or mm-hmm. seeing, like, some fancy gallery show. Or <laughs> I mean, like... 
they do mention it in one of the episodes like what's that hmm. episode where um i really wanted to talk about the return of enrique oh, yeah. <laughs> that was really one of my favorite parts of the episode can uh, <laughs> like just from the first season i've always just like i want to see enrique back here <laughs> 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 So when he popped up in that one scene where, you know, Appa and Amma are talking about the vacation and yeah. and like Enrique's just like, oh, don't mind me. I'm just looking around. And then mm-hmm. he just kind of like starts coughing like, <coughs> vacation. <coughs> yeah. And then they do the group hug. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. that was really, really cute part about that. Um, it's interesting to see his character uh, Enrique go from I guess being (laughs) kind of being not not a rival or anything to Appa he's become (laughs) the annoying customer to somebody who genuinely cares about the family and tries to like Appa's lump that's when I guess everything really turned around Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah and then he gets involved in that group hug and later on he's just I guess he's become a part of their community Speaking of season three, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask both of you, what would you like to see in season three or even season four for that matter? Oh, good question. <laughs> well, uh, as you mentioned, and I like the idea because I had it in the back of my head, mm-hmm. more martial arts episodes, but mm-hmm. I, I don't want it to kind of play up on too many Asian stereotypes or anything. I just want it to mm-hmm. be something light and fun mm-hmm. because, again, I'm I'm big into martial arts or something having to do with superheroes or or even if you had uh, Jung and Kimchi going to a costume party dressed up as superheroes or something. And <laughs> just something like goes how he awry. dressed up as... What is it? Goku in Oh yeah. Asian Bachelor. Asian Bachelor. Naruto. 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 Right. Sorry. You know that you I do it. know. I forgot what he dressed up as. That was a bad wig on Simu though. I know. I, 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 didn't, I, like, I didn't like the wig. But No, neither did I. I didn't like that look, period, I think. <laughs> I think it would be nice to bring back some of the old casts. Like the the people that don't get that many um that get that the people that don't get too much screen time for instance uh mrs lee christina song yes. like she she has really funny moments and she's great talent and i would love to see more of her as well as uh, tina jung it'll be really funny yes if i want to see genie make a comeback yeah if genie came back and also speaking of martial arts because her parents know martial oh, arts well yes it'd be cool to kind of see what she can do with it right? yeah because uh and we haven't released this yet do we did an interview with uh, Tina Jung, mm-hmm. and she was mentioning that her dad, he did action movies, mm. and he also did uh, martial arts back in Korea. So, yeah, yeah it'd, it'd be, be interesting to interesting, see her yeah. come back. Imagine, like, Jeannie takes off her braces, and she's kind of, like, blooming, <laughs> and, you know, she still got got it for Jung, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See where that goes. Plays maybe. it off really cool. Yeah, it's like, oh, now she's so pretty. You're like, what? <laughs> It'd be cool. And also, that whole thing about having Janet and a life, a day in a life of Janet herself, minus the store. I want to see a day in a life as Terrence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What his best night ever was. That's, that's what 
like totally boggles me because when he was <laughs> drunk at that party, I was like, okay, that was your second best night ever. What was your first night? Yes, that is true. I would love to see that. Yes. That would be very funny. Ooh. How about you, Hazel? What what would you like to see? Hmm. I would like to see more, um, you know, more like uh, music related <laughs> oh. um, episodes. Just because, like, both me and you, when um, the whole uh, rap that oh. rap happened, right. I was thinking that maybe they could do more things related to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely like to see more about... Um, uh, sorry, uh, Janet and Jung's childhood. Yes. Because I yes. definitely really wanted to see, like, how it was back then for them before <laughs> everything happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. So thanks again, Hazel, for joining us. It was awesome to have you again. Thanks for having me. So where can people find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hayes underscore zero UT. Um, and that's uh, both my Instagram and Twitter account as well as my art Instagram, which is art.by.hazel.n. And there you can find out um, all my artwork and mural stuff that I've been doing around the city. So yeah, feel free to to check those out. Awesome. So if you have any other comments, questions, or stories to share, email them to whatyoutalkingpodcast at gmail.com. Or tweet me at MikeUN82. And now a message from our sponsor. Plop. High center of gravity problems. Plop it. Watermelon Gatorade surplus. Plop it. Under tipped at work. Plop it. If any of these sound like you, you are eligible. Come attend our seminar on the newest revolutionary paradigm shift that everyone is talking about. When life gives you lemons. Plop Plop it. it. Visit seeisolveproblem.ca. The first 20 attendees will receive a special Massage Kike gift pack. Plop. Until the next time. Okay, see you.